Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. <clears throat> I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Uh, today is another solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Um, and I have I have been struggling to focus my energy in a way that would produce a... Um, Useful podcast, at least useful in my own opinion, and I realized after a while of stopping and starting this very recording more than once over the last couple of weeks that my difficulty here isn't exclusively that I'm not um, that I'm not finding the topic right like I've tried to record multiple times. And I just couldn't decide what it was I wanted to talk about. Felt like things were, you know, multiple things uh, going on that isn't unfamiliar to me, isn't un- not <laughs> a non-standard. Um, you know, often that's how these solo episodes begin, and then I find a thread that um, I want to carry forward, and uh, usually then I start over and <laughs> follow that thread. And I couldn't do that. And I just took it for granted that that meant I just didn't have uh, something worth saying, so I didn't bother trying to say it at all. But I think there's more to it than that. I think, um, I think there's something I'm avoiding, and part of what I have found in my own recovery. Um, and this usually manifests itself around journaling, but it appears to be uh, also finding its way into this, I guess, audio journaling. So I guess it's not terribly different. I mean, that's what these solo episodes wind up being a lot of the time, or just kind of audio journals I'm sharing with far too many people. <laughs> but what I found is when... I am having a considerable difficulty getting my thoughts in order and clarifying what it is I'm trying to say or what it is that's troubling me. I'm avoiding what's actually troubling me. Right? I have a conscious block, or I'm sorry, an unconscious block that keeps my consciousness from having to look at or spend time thinking about or, you know, um, publicly admit because even writing it in a journal feels like a public admission in some way um, what's happening you know inside me and uh, I suppose it's not unreasonable to, to also be hesitant to share that kind of thing with a broader audience in a podcast milieu um, but even beyond that I mean, I, I'm actively avoiding the use of this podcast to just air out <clears throat> everything about me and all my difficulties. I mean, this isn't an exercise for general um, mental health necessarily, other than 
the way that it dovetails or connects directly to recovery. So that makes me hesitant to just start throwing all of my garbage on the floor here for you guys to sift through with me. I try very hard to keep that at bay until I can find a way to connect it to my recovery, which, you know, luckily everything I do is connected to recovery in a way because I would drink uh, no matter what. So not drinking no matter what kind of broad strokes connects everything I do to that topic if I want it to. Which is to say, um, February time frame, this time of year, it's difficult for me. And it's obnoxious that it's always difficult for me, and yet I'm always, if not surprised, I'm at least not immediately conscious of the fact that when this time of year comes around and I start to feel not 100%, not uh, always upbeat, not not myself, it's annoying that it doesn't occur to me that it's this time of year and that I need to give myself a little bit of grace. I don't know I don't know to what extent it's just hard for me versus it's hard for uh, my children and because they're my children and and you know they're basically the most important things in my world um, how much that makes it about me also right how much is it me and my own personal feelings and me and my understanding and empathy and sympathy for what they're going through. Um, and in the end, I don't know that that particularly matters because the effect that it has on me is, you know, real um, and heavy. <laughs> because this is the time of year, you know, son's birthday time and his birthday is right around his mom's birthday so even though I'm fairly confident he and all of them don't think immediately about their mom's birthday on their mom's birthday the fact that mom's birthday was always right before his birthday certainly sticks in his mind and That's tough. Because mom's not around. And walking with these kids through the last seven plus years has been <laughs> heavier than I can say easily here and that I can spend a useful amount of time going over. Um, 
that's partly because it's just too much and partly because it's not it's not it doesn't feel right because it's their story and not mine but I've lived with them through it I've lived with them for the last seven plus years and I've I've, I've sat with my son I sat with all three of them but my son you know he's my boy and for better or worse I see myself in him and I could see myself in him as he was struggling and and I say for better or for worse because I see myself in him today and it, it causes us to have you know uh, uh, elevated strife when there's things to fight about but you know the better part is, is I also just see his potential and I see what a wonderful person he is and, and watching him in grief through the years I could, I could see and I could feel his pain and again I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on him specifically his sister and sibling I, I, I each one of them I, I walked through in their own particular way and subject to our relationship to one another <clears throat> and the dynamics that we were in at the time that it happened and over the ensuing years and as they each matured in their own ways but I'm speaking about him specifically because like I said his birthday is right at the same time of year as their mom's as his mom's birthday and you know I'm I'm <laughs> I'm also just a little boy without a mom. And I think that's part of why his particular struggle hit me so hard. <clears throat> I mean that's all three of them obviously. But when I first got sober and, you know, my, my first sponsor was slowly but s less than subtly suggesting that part of my, um, um, part of my recovery and my, my amends process and my, you know, my, my, my inventory <clears throat> revolved around my relationship with my own mother and and I could sense from his perspective as he was drawing from his own experience, he had very, very much let down his mother and he'd fought with her. And it was, you know, part of his catharsis and part of his 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 path was, you know, rekindling that relationship and, and mending the fences that he'd broken and, you know, the things that we do, um, you know, the positive things we do in recovery. And, uh, you know, as always, I had to filter, not to filter, but I, I interpreted, you know, for myself or internally what that meant for my experience, right? I mean, I, I, I took it face value, okay, making, you know, concerted effort to improve my relationship with my own mom and, you know, setting aside the differences in, in his story versus mine, the fundamental idea being that, 
you know, that emptiness is felt throughout your life, you know. And um, and even though you know I'm telling him that my you know I'm 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 not doing I hadn't done any concerted thing to um, damage that relationship, or at least in my brain I hadn't you know it was still not it was still true it was still not you know wrong to suggest that you know even still it behooves me to make an effort and and I made an effort and. I don't know. I don't want to get very <laughs> more personal. Otherwise, what the fuck? I feel like I'm already unzipping further than I need. It wasn't as. Uh, it didn't fill me with warmth, and it didn't didn't start to. Uh, it didn't feel like it was leaning and lending itself to my <clears throat> sobriety and my ongoing recovery process. I'll put it that way, because I found my mom. It wasn't that hard. And I had I had cut off ties. That was the that was the thing. I was like, well, regardless of what it is I felt that justified the behavior I did, basically cut off ties. She had whatever it was. I just at some point after my kids were born, I was just stopped replying to letters, quit calling, and just let it go. Um. And so, yeah, when I was freshly sober and trying to do anything I could to make my life, you know, get my life back on track, I found her, found her online. Her, she had a very easily located online presence, which surprised me. I just assumed, you know. It would be a pain in the ass, but you know, it was like, like a very quick Google search, and she popped right up. And um, I spent about a year or so in regular contact with her, and, and started having the emotional response of like, "Ooh, well, now what am I going to do?" Right? Like I've sort of reconnected with her, sort of made some amends, although it was you know awkward because we weren't communicating that much, and. began to feel an emptiness connected to her again. And uh, and made the call that, you know, it, it, the relationship that I was now fostering in my first couple of years of sobriety with, with this woman who, who was very damaged on her own and struggling with her own demons and, and is still struggling with her own demons. Um, that's just a melodramatic way of saying that she's also a drunk and probably got many other significant mental health issues. And I shouldn't even qualify that. Has significant other mental health issues. Um, that I wasn't I wasn't doing myself any favor and, and I wasn't sure it was worth the limited amount of energy and space and time that I have left on the planet to be trying to make her, you know, give, give her any more of my energy because, um, all right, I'm, I'm going too far into this or at least I'm on the verge of it and, and, 
I've got mother issues, right? That's obvious, right? I'm effectively abandoned by this person as a child. And emotionally, I was never connected to her. She was never around for me. And I was in and out of her life throughout my whole childhood, but it never felt like a connection. It just felt like an obligation. And as, as I grew older and hit my teens, I became resentful of the obligation feeling of it. And, and I, you know, I just kind of quit giving into it and I had guilt over that. And that's what I was trying to make amends for and what I was trying to, trying to address in my early sobriety. And as it became clear that she was effectively the same. The notion that I was going to have to open myself up for the purpose of intentional heartbreak, as I saw it, it didn't. It didn't pan out. It didn't seem like something worth worth pursuing and so I let her go again I just dropped off you know the the thing that hit it hit me over the head in a way that felt like something I shouldn't ignore was she had a, a blog series where she was talking about her life and her experiences in her childhood and through her early adulthood and and as a as a mother um, and I found you know it was interesting because I, I realized that most of us don't get an opportunity to to know our parents that way we don't get an opportunity to to read raw reports of what they were like long before you were around, you know, and it was it was interesting and, and intellectually stimulating for that in that aspect of that, right? Like I was you know, I, I appreciated that. Um and, you know, it was it, it gave me a lot of empathy for her to to hear what she'd gone through and, and have a better understanding of her mental health and, and you know, better understanding of why she she was broken the way she is broken and and um you know i i do i have a lot of sympathy for her and i um you know she's just another damaged person who's <laughs> been afflicted on the world right like we none of us really <laughs> i mean to sound like not to sound like a snotty preteen but none of us has to be here <laughs> you know so to some extent everything that happens to us is just inflicted upon us and a lot of us it really sucks and she's one of those people and and like I said it it, it, it made my heart break for her and it made me really want to get to know her more and and let down my own guard and, and let that let let the the need to have her presence you know let that come back um which is odd because I don't have any conscious memory of it ever being there other than as an obligation. Um, and uh, as I was thinking through what that meant, thinking through like, well, at some point I'm probably going to need to go visit her and then, you know, am I emotionally prepared for that? And 
is it worth it? You know, is it worth me trying to figure out how to integrate or even introduce her to my kids? And you know, because she hadn't, ne- she'd never met my kids, and that's that all sounds, you know, it's daunting. And you know, then there's the the, the you know the, the idea that because you know, does what, to what extent do we owe the people who should have cared for us you know what grace do we owe them and I don't know any number of petulant little things that, that pop up as I thought about her and thought about what what fostering a relationship with her was really going to mean a thought crossed my mind that it, I didn't I didn't consciously recognize right away but as I was thinking about it I I went back and poured through her blogs again and and I realized that that everything in there like she was going into significant detail about most everything in her life and um, I wasn't in there and there was an exhaustive telling of her life story. And, you know, she wound up having another kid several years, you know, maybe 15, 16 years after me. And then there was a lot about that, a lot about that experience and raising that person. And there wasn't anything about me. And that, uh, that hurt. It sucked, and it just felt like an answer to that question of, you know, just just to what extent do I need to involve myself with this person? You know, is it is it solving anything? Is it is it mending anything? Is it is it healing anything? And it it didn't feel like that. It felt like it was, you know turning my attention to something for the purpose of doing so at the behest of someone else and you know having faith that that was going to (laughs) having faith that that was going to lead to something and you know as I looked at it I was like it's it's leading me to this same conclusion right and I don't know that's probably a selfish conclusion it's probably like uh, easy to interpret that as being an evasion technique and I've got lingering stuff out there and that's that is true to some extent I mean I don't I don't think anybody solves all of their childhood traumas and, and issues the, the best we can do is learn to live with them and I don't know I I just couldn't get I couldn't get past that idea that I was making this effort, or at least on the verge of making a much bigger effort to establish a relationship and, and foster some connection with somebody who, as far as I could tell, had never really made that much effort towards me, right? Like, I have little boy eyes looking at it, remembering time with her, that was always jointed or disjointed, right? Always stilted because I didn't live with her and I would just visit. And 
don't know. I mean, I don't know what would come, what positive would come from me going back and finding out just how disconnected she really was throughout all that time, right? I mean, I do have clear memories of her being extremely drunk and me being with her and her being embarrassingly sloppy, sloppy drunk and, and, you know, she's going through shit, right? She was a, she was an alcoholic and, and, you know, I, I have empathy for that. I've, I've been a fucking shitty, shitty drunk around my kids. I can appreciate how that probably feels for her looking back on it. And I can also appreciate just how disconnected she probably felt. And I don't, I don't know that hearing those words, finding that out for real is going to make anything I was gonna say better. Is I don't I, I don't know that it's gonna like lead to any healing for either of us. Um, the point of all that <laughs> for free eavesdropping on my therapy session that you just got to do is um, acknowledgement that you know I, I'm I'm I am. a little boy who was raised by his father. And because the universe has a fucked up sense of humor, I wound up having children in with somebody who, who wasn't able to be around for them either. And so now I get to be the father for little kids I get to be the father, a single father, raising my little kids. And, you know, when, when their mom took her life, I was just over three years sober. And I was in recovery. I wasn't I wasn't sitting on my hands trying to trying to remind myself to to not drink. I wasn't I wasn't distracted and consciously fighting this overwhelming urge to drink. I wasn't I was I was in recovery. I was exactly where I needed to be when the time came. You know, I um, I tell this in a specific way a lot of the time, but months before it happened, she and I had a conversation that, you know, I mean, we were divorced and we were we were getting on better terms. Things were smoothing out between us because I was sober, right? I mean, we had gotten divorced in the middle of me. Well, we had separated in the middle of me just falling apart in, in my alcoholism, right? I'd been falling apart for a while, but, you know, and, and she felt betrayed and she felt lied to and she felt, 
she felt gaslighted and she felt uh, angry and hurt and sad and she deserved all of those feelings right like she was not wrong every every bit of vitriol she had towards me especially in the beginning was valid right and and then and then in my recovery I, I knew this right I was I was learning to accept it right it was the hard it was a hard thing to accept after a while because after you know a year year and a half two years and you know her her slowly melting heart was not melting fast enough for me you know and, and I was feeling like you know Things are getting better. I'm getting better. I'm not, I'm not the same piece of shit, you know, that, that, that stuff. And, um, you know, a few months before it happened, we were having a rational, reasonable conversation. And in the middle of it, she asked me if, if I ever, you know, if I ever wanted, um, you know, more time with the kids, right? It, it was still a pretty heavily imbalanced um, custody agreement, right? You know, she had them, I had them like every other weekend I had my kids and it was, you know, it was heartbreaking, right? It was, it was getting my feet under me. I, I, I had a good job. I had, my, I got my old job back. I had a house, you know, I had a place for them to be. Like it was, you know, I was, I was doing the things we do to slowly put my life back together. And, and, and when she asked the question, I was just, I felt honest, right? I was, I was, that's part of my whole problem, especially the last few years of my, my active drinking was I was just not honest. I was knee jerk lying, and especially to her about anything, right? It was just, um, um, just this thing that I got in the habit of doing. It was just like, I was terrified of her. And so I was terrified of, of her judging me and, and hurting, you know, and, and, and causing her to like be upset. So I would just, immediately lie which is of course the best way to upset somebody who you're concerned about upsetting is to lie to them and and but you know so when she asked I was just straightforward I wasn't you know I wasn't there was no nothing connected to it she she asked if if I was interested and I said yeah actually I, I am but you know it was that it wasn't like yeah I am and uh here's some papers let's sign them it was just you asked and I answered and and uh Again, it was just a reasonable, rational conversation we were having. And, and she got very angry with me in that moment. Like, the moment I told her, yeah, I, I would be interested in that, she just immediately got defensive and, and <laughs> like, stood up and yelled at me and slammed the door, saying basically that I could go fuck myself because we were never going to change the custody agreement. And it, it was jarring, right? And it was... <laughs> Unfortunately, emblematic of our relationship, but it was still, you know, nonetheless very unsettling. And I drove all the way home, just like kind of spinning out in my head. I was just like, what the fuck? You know, I've, I've been all sober like two plus years and two and a half years. And it's just, you know, no recognition that anything's changed. And I can't believe blah, 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 and like, you know, it's better for the kids anyway. And, um, you know, and, and I, I talked to my sponsor about it, and I journaled about it a great deal. And you know, and <laughs> his feedback was, you know, well, you know, how long were you lying to her and drinking? And I was like, I don't know, like a hundred and fifty thousand years or something. He said, you know, well, then you're going to have to wait at least that long before 
she's just going to trust you, right? Before anyone can really trust you, but especially her. And, you know, you, you, you don't get to define her timeline. And, uh, you know, it's just when I was, fuck, of course he's right. Of course that's true. And, and as a journal, I realized or I admitted to myself that, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's not right, air quotes, that they're, the kids aren't being around me more, that it's, you know, it's good for them to have me in their lives, that I, I am good for them, and it's, you know, it's it's better for all parties involved that they get more time with their dad, and, you know, very, you know, logically sound reasons for feeling upset about it. But I also had to admit that I was upset because I wasn't getting what I wanted, because I felt like it was the best thing. It was for me. Like, I was framing it as though it was about my kids, but it was about me. And I kind of accepted that until I could have that conversation, I could have those thoughts, I could think about me and my kids and had my kids spending time around me and being with me until I could look at that and know deep inside of me without, you know, any hitch, without me having to rationalize it to myself or convince myself or avoid it that it, until it was truly just from my core something I felt about my kids first and not me that it wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't be right and by virtue of it not being right it just wouldn't happen right like if i were to make it that way there would always be something wrong there would always be something in the way that was you know sort of comforting i mean it was illuminating and it was frustrating and it was kind of eye opening but it was also you know it made me settled because then I, I realized that I, I, I didn't need to worry about it. That until that happened, until it was me approaching this whole subject truly for the benefit of my kids and not for the benefit of me first and then my kids, it wouldn't happen. When it was clear, when I was moved to be in my kids' lives and come in and, and be sure to have more, to be in their lives more, it was, it was obvious and clear. I'm pausing there because it because <sighs> when it became clear that I needed to be more involved in their lives I had no hesitation I knew exactly what needed to happen 
and I wasn't excited. I wasn't moving from a space of negativity in any way. It was, this is the best thing for my kids. And it was only until, wasn't until long after the fact that I realized that, you know, that moment had come and I had moved and acted out of, you know, from my heart exclusively out of a need to keep them safe and to make them feel loved. And I wouldn't have been able to do that. Wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't been in recovery, if I hadn't had the amount of time in active recovery that I had up until that point, right? Like, all of the things started to roll out and happen as I was available, as I was capable, as I was present, as I was healed or healing to an extent that I could handle them, right? I look at that as, as, you know, as a gift of recovery of, you know, this thing that happens, you know, to me and the people that I've, other people I've seen in recovery, like, I'm, I'm able to be present, I'm able to be aware of my world and aware of all of the people in my life, the people who I love and the people who love me and the people who have touched me and the people who I've touched and have a, I don't know, grounded, rational connection with them. (sighs) And that being present in that way enables me to, enables me to do what needs to be done in the moment with no um, with, with no question with no you know no no um, wishy-washiness I guess is the way to put it right like being in recovery enables me when I'm <laughs> when I'm in active recovery, when I'm actively present, when I'm actively living my life and not avoiding things in my life, not avoiding my life especially, you know, it enables me to be there and to be present for everything that's going on. And the state of that being present enables me to do what needs to be done. you know early recovery especially when you when you get it when you feel it and you're you're living it and and it's kind of you know you're you're hot with it it's a lot I mean I almost want to say it's a lot easier to do than than years in because years in everybody gets it you get a little apathetic or if apathy is too far of a word you get you get comfortable and uh I guess maybe that's part of what's challenging about this time of year, right? Is 
I remember all of that, right? Like that first year or two after the kid's mom died, there was, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to, I wasn't sure how to approach it with them. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, there's no, there's really no manual for that. And I would, you know, the first year or two, I, I tried to like make a very concerted, okay, we're going to celebrate mom's birthday. Cause I, I felt like, okay, I don't want to celebrate the day she died. That that's morbid and that sucks. You don't want to have to be having, you don't want to be reminded of that. So I said, well, fuck it. We'll celebrate the day she was born, the day she lived. Right. And God, the first year of this very awkward in, in hindsight, awkward, probably was awkward in the moment too, you know, trying to like have a, 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 a birthday and absentia kind of thing with, with the kids and, I don't know. I was awkward about it, I suppose. I put the put the idea out there of like, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna light candles and we're gonna talk about mom and you know, the kids are just like what? <laughs> you know, and you know, it took a took a couple times like that of of me trying to like force some tradition onto it some some ritual around it for for me to realize that you know to hear them when they told me that you know they have they have their their their, their own thing with it right like i realized i was trying to instill a sense of permanence and significance to something that they already had right like they they have their own sense of significance about it and in a way that they at least wouldn't know that I had any uh, ability to understand, right? Like, you know, they're, they're effectively their messaging was fuck off, right? Like, don't define how we're going to grieve. And so I didn't. I try not to. But this time of year comes around and I, and I can see a little bit of the awkward, right? I can see the awkward in me. I can see the awkward in them because, again, you know, we're all just abandoned little kids navigating with a strong parent, with a good dad, and and a good dad is fucking it's better than nothing, right? I mean it's much, much, much better than that, right? Even saying it that way makes it gives it the wrong tone. It's 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 everything. And I don't know. I feel like I've I've gone to a handful of meetings in the last few weeks and or I feel like in the handful of meetings in the last few weeks there's been this strong sense of like moms reconnecting with their kids or the lack of connection with their kids and it's just been this underlying thing that's been sitting in my head for a bit and made me unwilling to sit down and talk and to a microphone like this And um, 
I don't know, I want to put a button on this and make it all about sobriety and make it all about recovery. You know, I mean, that the thing of it is, is this is my damage, right? This is, this is my broken kid. And I guess the universe has put me in a space where I get to be I get to use my awareness and use use my experiences of this broken kid to to help my three broken kids walk through their own lives and their own childhood with grace. Or at least that's my hope. And the only reason that I can even offer that grace is because of my own sobriety and my own recovery, right? I mean, I've had nightmare fantasy fears of what the fuck would have happened if I'd have been out of my mind drinking when all that went down, right? Like those poor bastards, they would just be, they would have just been floundering in the wind. And I wasn't. I was right there. held them and I've done my damnedest <laughs> I've done my damnedest not to let them get hurt anymore or to at least not be consciously leading to any more pain the best that I can been able to do that if I hadn't been sober and um, you know there's 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 more to all that but I feel like even the detail that I've gone into is is beyond what I should probably be sharing at a at a uh, public level like this but I don't know I feel like maybe Admitting all that and leaving it out there for for someone to hear might actually help somebody going through their own shit, their own shit with their own kids. And um, if I'm not doing that with this podcast, then what what else? What is the point, right? So we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording in a minute, and we'll see if I actually edit this together and release it. Um, so yeah, if you hear all that and it helps you in any way, then uh, I'm glad. And, uh, you know, if you, I don't know, it's going to tell you to reach out and contact me on Facebook or through the contact us link. But, um, you know, just be kind to yourself.
drop.